Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Mother Speaks here on UK Health Radio. We're here every Saturday and we always take an unapologetic deep dive and occasionally stumbling journey into the mother energy from mothering children to businesses and the wisdom of mother herself. This is a show where mothers meet to speak about all things that matter on topics across the board from birthing babies, books, new projects, parenting kids, animals and ourselves because obviously that's the most important thing here. Um, We're a community that we were called together to write a book called Wake Up Mother and you can find out more about that on our website wakeupmother.com. And without further ado, I'm going to introduce the ladies that are joining me this week. I'm Sarah Lloyd. I'm your host. And my co-host today is the lovely Zoe Foster. We also... (laughs) You go ahead, say hi. (laughs) I am Zoe Foster. And I'm also um, delighted to welcome two of our authors who have contributed to the book, wake up mother i have the lovely amy and the lovely emma i'm gonna let them have a little chat so you can get to know them as well so amy tell us what you do hello thank you so much for having me oh my goodness me this is so exciting um so i'm amy strongman i am the founder of gathering glow which really is a community a retreat offering um and i'm just so passionate about supporting women through the seasons of womanhood um so i'm a yogi i have two young boys i'm really passionate about physiological birth and really bringing women together in circle so thank you so much for having me for joining us lovely emma this is very exciting um i am emma Weil. i'm the owner and founder of courage and chamomile and we are empowerment and transformation coaches for mums so we help mums kind of rewild to who they were before the world got to them to become themselves and to parent their way um and I'm also a wild swimmer, a positive psychology geek, and a lover of squirrels. And I have one little wildling myself, six-year-old boy. Nearly forgot that part. Quite important. <laughs> oh, well, it's so lovely to have you both on the show. And um, yeah, we've just been, I guess we didn't know each other before the book. No. So I, th- I think we... Um, I think we were probably following each other on social media yeah. like you do and yeah. have contacts and stuff. Sort of same circles, edges yeah. of circles, but never actually met. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, Emma and I had been in a container together, but um, yeah, I think we've all overlapped over the last few years, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> so I know that you've had a particularly busy week Emma haven't you been holding space in real life in person why don't you tell us a bit about that work like sure real people not like random disembodied faces on screens like who knew knew these people had bodies yeah um it's funny it it's it hasn't it feels like not a busy week but energetically it feels like a busy week so we held our first um in-person retreat day for Courage and Chamomile on Wednesday and it was a day for mothers to come and the kind of the, the vibe was nourished. And it was about, I hate all the January, um, am I allowed to swear, by the way? No. Not on UK Health Radio. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Just check. Before I do, naturally, my way. Um, so I hate all the January nonsense that mm-hmm. 
that go you know all the new year new you have to have all these goals and stuff so um yeah it was a way of helping the women just transition really gently into um into the new year uh and to think about kind of just how they want to feel this year what they're bringing from last year what they're leaving behind behind and just like resetting um so yeah it was a really beautiful day it was really lovely to do and then I lay down a lot yesterday I was gonna say it does feel like January's been going on for a year yeah it's January has definitely lasted a year but also about five minutes um how is it February next week I don't understand yeah always the way and and you know with the book launching in in bulk I mean this is a space of I think that's what I found like I'm going to pull on the thread that you mentioned about January and all of that stuff that you know for me January is still we're still wintering we're st- I yeah wanna, we talked about this Zoe I just I still want to sleep yeah <laughs> it's like I don't exactly <laughs> exactly that exactly yeah. that so it wasn't like big goal setting stuff it was just okay where are we at? How do we want to feel? Like just gently, gently. Because now we've had the first new moon or the lunar new year. The sun went through gate 41 in human design. So it's like, okay, now we can start slightly trying to plant some seeds, but shh, just just gently. It's like just slowly, slowly begin to bit of kind of stretch into your body yeah. and have a yawn. Just like, yeah. <laughs> Is that like exactly. I think I saw... Um just that feeling about like being uprooted you know like the bulbs are kind of just bulging up through the soil it's like yeah. a tentative kind of sneaky peek out yes. maybe so even the bulbs even the bulbs are all trying to come up early it's like no shush, go back go back yeah. we're telling everyone it's still winter you can't come up yet <laughs> so interesting because i mean that's the thing with the the seasons and the cycles and we were again referencing this on the earlier show is you know the fact that society and life doesn't kind of allow us to to follow the the actual seasons of mother earth i mean i know amy you look, do a lot of work on the seasons oh, so i do it's so it's really interesting because the more i work with it the more i'm like oh yes and why are we not listening because you have to soften but you also have to take notice And I think because we're so busy or we're just so focused on getting to the next point or, you know, whatever it might be with work or, you know, with family, we're actually just missing some of these key signals and signs that are talking to us and communicating. And I've just done a, a menopause retreat. Actually, I was invited to do some yoga for a group of women meeting and that was so fascinating. I've never worked in that realm before. And it was just, it was so different and shift. And they were talking a lot about this wintering and, you know, hunkering down. I was just like, oh, there is something kind of, you know, just really special about just taking it easy, but all together. I think that is, you know, when we start to do things at the same time as, as a collective, then it feels easier I think is probably the best way to describe it whereas if you've got your friends sometimes running at a million miles an hour and you're like no 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 I don't want to go that far yeah. it's harder well, to kind of yeah. yeah Sarah and I were speaking into this a little bit yesterday in that um you know when you're it's one thing for for you and maybe even some of the circles you know the groups of people around you are all desperately trying to honor your own cycles and rhythms and actually learn about them in the first place because you know so many of us are actually only just beginning to learn in like our fourth decade or whatever (laughs) um but the external world is very much still fixed in this kind of what are you doing that's you know 
self-indulgent mm. and that doesn't fit into our timetable and our rules and our nine to five days and our you know it's so it's really hard and actually you were talking about the surrender piece there's also a really big boundary piece that mm. is probably the hardest I would say mm. once you've learned to surrender you've actually got to create really strong boundaries not yeah. brick walls but you know you've, you've got to really say actually no this is this is my time because if I don't have yeah. this time I'm going to be useless for you <laughs> interestingly what I've found recently is um because I've been staying home and pottering about and I'm, I'm not very good in the cold anyway a lot of my friends have come to me and so that's been really nice because I effectively I'm doing what I sh- you know I feel I should be doing and honoring it and then they are coming and seeing me in that way and I think that's been actually really lovely we've been talking that is about lovely. that as a yeah, friendship yes. group of just yeah. oh so we can just do this and have a tea all together you know <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. just sit and you know the kids are okay you know it's it's I think that's just the realizing that we don't have to be always especially as mothers we don't always have to be busy I love that my children see me sitting reading I love that they see me baking doing the things that I want to do at this time of yeah but I think there's a lot to be said by witnessing others doing it yeah what you said before Zoe is something I get asked quite a lot about with the the mums I work with because we'll be talking about honoring your cycles honoring the moon cycles honoring the seasons and they'll say yeah I get it and how do I tell my boss I'm not coming to that meeting because I'm on day one or I'm not coming to that meeting because it's a waning moon and so it there is that kind of modeling it and permission piece but then there's also working out how to how to bring those two worlds together because often I can achieve this over here in this nice sort of commune field of lambs and you know like um, by myself like in the real world over here when I've got kids and a boss and this and that but how do I actually do that and so it's kind of like trying to find that balance I was saying I said to my friend the other oh sorry Zoe I was just gonna say I said to my friend the other day we just need female founded business owners to be like setting boundary for their own and then we can all just follow suit (laughs) definitely this is definitely something we were talking into because obviously they've just passed this the government is not supporting the menopause bill but I think what an interesting flip on that is is you know we shouldn't wait for the government to make that decision it should be on us to make those choices and you know every single one of us in this call meeting whatever you want to call it we've all made conscious choices to try and make our lives work for us and our children and our set and yeah. you know and our clients yeah. and I think that's what I really want to try and get across to um other people is don't wait you mm. can make your choices and you find people like these guys to mm. support you in those you know find your circles and um make those changes um yeah yeah exactly and there are always things you can do because we we talk a lot um about conscious curation at courage and chamomile which is exactly what you said it's it's okay how do i actually want my life to be and can i uh recognize that i'm the one that gets to own that and gets to choose that and gets to control it like life doesn't just have to happen at me Mm -hmm. and so okay i can't say no to that meeting on that what's going to be day one of my bleed or whatever but i can say so I'm not cooking dinner that evening and I'm not doing all the laundry and I'm not doing bedtime and I'm not going out with my friends the night, I, it, 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 whatever it is, I can like 
like smush things around so that I'm still balancing my energies and I'm still consciously curating it all rather than I'm just the victim at it and it's all just flying at me. Yeah, and it's not black and white. I really want to carry on this this because this is meaty, but we have to pause for our our, um, adverts. So I'm really sorry, ladies. Let's just keep holding on to that thread and uh, just going to pause for the adverts and um, a short break. And we're back. (laughs) Uh, Welcome to Mother Speaks. You're joined uh, by Sarah Lloyd, Zoe Foster, Amy Strongman and Emma Wall. And we were just getting juicy and deep onto kind of setting boundaries as being a mother. And Emma, I interrupted you. I'm so sorry. But let's carry on that chat around, you know, I'm not doing the laundry today. I'm going to do it tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, or in my case, I'm just not going to do it somehow, you know, whatever, we'll be fine. But um, because Zoe was talking earlier about boundaries and it's kind of taking it a bit further about consciously curating the little. So I talk about imagine your life as a really beautiful museum. And if you were the curator of a really beautiful museum, you wouldn't let any old person bring any old stuff in, trape stuff everywhere, just leave piles of stuff. Apparently, I do do that in my house. But anyway, that's not the point. Um, and just like clutter your museum up, you would you would be really really clear about what the vibe, what the energy of that space was. But yet, with our own lives, we just let anyone's like smash their way mm. in, like media influences, voices, noises, and we do it to ourselves all the time as well. We say yes to everything, and actually, we don't have to. We get to choose as the conscious curators of our own life as this beautiful museum what it gets to look and feel and go and be like. But we just forget that because we've been told for so long, do it this way, say it that way, wear that thing, do that thing, feel that thing, believe that thing. So it's about reclaiming all of that, I think. It takes courage, though. It takes a lot oh, of courage. Oh, gosh, absolutely. Yeah, and I wanted to it's easy to find. Yeah, I absolutely no. believe it takes a lot of courage. And it also takes a lot of um, patience with yourself. Yeah. Because you've you've got to find out what what actually we're not all the same in our needs when it comes to you know whatever part of the cycle we're in. So, for yeah. example, I <laughs> I have very strong boundaries about people just turning up at the door and expecting me to answer it, which I know a lot of people <laughs> will resonate with. But I have a friend who's like, I love people coming round, you know, and that's like... That's amazing. I'm just like, yeah, she, turn up. <laughs> she wants people to come round unannounced, like, all the time. And that just, like, fills me with horror. That's <laughs> I'm like that. I'm the same with the phone. If I text someone and they phone me, I no, I texted no. you for a reason. How dare you be phoning me on an actual <laughs> phone? It's that horror as well, isn't it? Of like accidentally phoning somebody or or um hitting on on WhatsApp, hitting the call button instead of voice message. And I'm like, no. Absolutely. But yeah, Amy, what you said, it takes courage completely. Like there's a reason I called my business courage and chamomile, because absolutely that it's not easy. And Zoe, what you, what did you say? You said about um, everyone's different in what they need. And most half the time, or even most of the time, I don't. Lots of women mothers don't know what they what their yes. needs are. Exactly. And, and so when people say, out. "How can I help?" Yeah, they don't they don't know what their needs or what their wants or their desires or what makes them happy. So, yeah, it's having just, the permission to go and rediscover all of that, and then yeah. the courage to put it into place is yeah. I think it's like that. Just you have to be still. 
to listen, to hear yourself, because that's why I think this idea of when you come together, you know, there's actually a certain kind of obligation and boundary to sit and listen to everybody. And that sometimes is so new to some women when you're sitting in circles and it can be really daunting and, you know, having to share something, but actually you're just then really with your barest essence. Okay. I'm just here now in this moment. What is it that I want? What is it that I need? What, what is calling to me? But we don't mm. always create that or, you know, create that time and space to actually find, find that inner truth, I think. So. We definitely, I definitely can relate to that one because, you know, we have circles that are in person. We have WhatsApp groups, you know, there's lots of different ways to create circles around us, mums at the school gate, etc. And, you know, the other, a few days ago, I wasn't feeling great <clears throat> and I, we're in a whatsapp circle someone was sharing that they weren't feeling great and they just needed a bit of reassurance and support from the circle and I really wanted to wade in and start going me too me too I feel like that as well and then I realized actually probably the best course of action for me because I actually left a voice note and then deleted it because Mm. I thought actually I'm just gonna sit and listen because when I did that, I realized that the medicine that was shared with this other person was exactly what I needed to hear. It was different words, different situation, but ultimately it was the same message. So that's what I love about the circles is the fact that, and, and, you know, obviously creating the book as well is that there are going to be people that are having their off days. And then there are people that are having their good days. And I think just being, okay with just sitting there and listening to that and taking that all in and soaking it all in and making that space is so important and yeah I just think it's it's a it's an art isn't it to Mm. listen Mm. active listening And the book is so rich with different people's words, which I think is so special because, Mm. you know, everyone is drawn to different people in their lives at different times and things will resonate at different moments. And I I just love that it's so rich with all our kind of different spells woven together (laughs) but for the right people at the right time when they might need it. And, you know, someone's story might not feel good to read, but then maybe three months down the line, it might be something you dip into. And I just I love Mm -hmm. that it's kind of evolving you know, a medicine per page, a medicine each month or season would be lovely to dip and delve what in. I love as well is it's not just different voices. It's there because mother is such a huge thing. You've got stories <laughs> about elements of motherhood. You've got stories of people coming into motherhood. You've got stories of people specifically saying, I'm not coming into motherhood, but I've got a view on it. You, there's so many different, it's not, it's not even just about one thing. Um, so I, I love it. It's like different voices for completely all different sorts of things. It's amazing. I think that's the that's the bit that is blo- has been blowing my mind quite a lot lately. And you know, and Amy, you came up with this amazing analogy of what mother is, um, and we've we've used that in the book. But the fact that we didn't re, I think the fact that it's creating human beings was actually a very small part of that definition. Mm. I think that is what this show is all about. It's what the book's all about. It's what the movement, the community, whatever it's about. It's, it's not just about having a baby. I know we've all had them on this call, but it's also about mothering ourselves and you know, what you both do, you both offer that service and, and Zoe as well is 
you know you offer an element of a service that mothers an aspect of us so you know saying no to doing the washing or saying I want to go and have an hour doing some art therapy or just popping around Amy's for a cuppa you know (laughs) all of those things are you know it's just yeah it's just amazing it's just I want to pop around Amy's now for a cuppa my door is always open Zoe so you just I and I mean that truly I never lock it I mean I'm in a a safe space don't tell everyone that that's true but they can't get to me I've got security down the back it's fine (laughs) get past the security cameras you're all right (laughs) yeah it's true but you know it is like that I love I just I think I don't know for me it is about a safe space I think that Mm. and I think I write about that in the book it's a homecoming it is home for me and I want other mothers to know that if they are having a bad day they can just follow me up through and you know stop off for a cup of tea yeah it's that hearth that you you mentioned yeah, yeah, it is. And I really feel that. And actually, even more, like I was just saying to some friends the other day, you know, having written the book, I feel like I would write a different, t- I would write it differently, but probably still under the same, you know, it's still a homecoming, but so much has happened, you know, since we wrote it, I guess. Um, but it is that hard. And that is always evolving. You know, no fire is the same. No household remains the same. It's, it's you know, it is cyclical and people come mm-hmm. and go and people shift. But you know, I grew up with my grandmother and that for me was home because nothing really changed sort of in the walls, but life happened and was and was witnessed, I guess. Yeah. I just need us to pause yet again. I love this conversation and I um, just want to let allow the space for um, a track to come through just to kind of echo all our sentiments and also our adverts from UK Health Radio. And you're back. You're listening to Mother Speaks. We have the lovely Emma Weil, Amy Strongman, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Zoe Foster, and I'm Sarah Lloyd. And we were just talking about our book, Wake Up Mother, um, and how that all came about and how when we wrote our stories, we were probably very different people. I Would would you say that this... Just wanted to throw this question out there, actually. How do you feel the writing process of the chapter has actually contributed to... A shift in you I mean that's like you say that you're a different person to mm. when because I have to say as the holder of the space and the curator of the book I have I really wanted to keep me writing my chapter so <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad you said that because I think I was like I sort of just put it into the ether I was like I oh, don't think about it Amy don't think about it because you'll probably want to change it all and do it all again and I've never written you know I love to write poetry but I never have written a proper prose piece like that and although I think the premise of a homecoming will still remain the same since writing it, I don't know, maybe last summer, is that probably right about right time? Um, you know, so much has shifted in my own motherhood, but also in the people that I've connected with and the space that I've been holding and my desire to probably write more um, and being able to share it as well. That's been a really big part of like, you know, you know, telling people about it and how it can that sort of ignites some curiosity and then kind of sparks these conversations, which perhaps yeah. we've had before. And then I'm learning other things from, I have a wonderful friend, Emma, you're like this. She's She unintentionally is now homeschooling her little boy, who is the same age as my eldest, five. Um, and it wasn't a choice initially. <laughs> Um, but she was listening to him. And anyway, she took on this book on board, but she has she has found this 
a huge community of women who meet every week to homeschool. So they still have that community setting, doing amazing things across Dorset, you know, just incredible. And I've been so inspired just to see how she's sort of flourished in this role that she never expected to take. And um, yeah, I just I just feel there's there would be so much more to write about, I think, um, if I yeah. were to do it, Sarah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Number two? I, I, um... I'd love to do another one, but not just yet. <laughs> I am um, I so I'm gonna I have some honesty to share which yeah. is the piece that I have written for this book I had actually already written um and it was just sitting there not knowing what to do with itself and I'd forgotten that it existed and I knew I wanted to be part of this for like all the reasons there was no way I could just not 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 anyway that just not um but I just I was like I don't like this is so massive this is like the whole of everything I can't possibly understand how to condense that into a chapter I just I just don't so I had this just complete brain like about it and then I either found or remembered this thing that I'd already written and I was like "Mm, okay this is actually talking about one element of the thing that I want to say about wake up, mother, as in wake up to your own power, wake up to the injustice, wake up to the way you're being squashed and stifled and infant, infant being made childlike. What's that word? Infant is something. Infantilize. <laughs> that, thank you. Um, Patronize and all the things. And I thought, OK, hmm. so I, I played with it and had to just go, OK, and and, and so it is. And not keep going, because then I was like, oh, but what about this thing? And what about that thing? And I could, so I just had to send it. So yeah, I can, everything about me and my life has completely shifted since I wrote that and since I have fiddled with it and then shared it. But I still, it's still like the centre of the kind of the, the fire, the passion that I have for it. No, this is not okay. <laughs> the stuff <laughs> yeah. that goes on. I remember reading yeah. piece and just feeling because I had I experienced something very similar mm-hmm. when I literally just pushed well didn't push because I had a an emergency cesarean but when Lucy was born and you know that you just get you just become a piece of meat <laughs> it's like, it's like yeah. okay so this is it is it this is how we handle things and I had I was none the wiser mm-hmm. and I think if I'd have read something like your chapter at that time it might mm-hmm. have been a bit more you know got my lady bits you know yeah. I strapped on and you know been a bit more bullshit about how I was being yeah. treated. and I think that's yeah. another thing it's like we're we are I think as women unfortunately so many you do have to give birth alone even if you've got people stood around you and you're pushing you your physical body has to do that itself yeah Sometimes you need help yes mm-hmm. but I feel like I think what both of you do so beautifully is you enable women to really step into that power so you know what to expect so you Mm -hmm. you know I think a lot of people don't talk about the gore of birth because it might scare you you might never do it and it's like yeah I probably wouldn't have had a baby (laughs) if someone had told me what was going to happen the other side of it can I follow on that because okay let me just I'm going to set the scene here because if someone had told me that I for my second baby I was going to go 12 days overdue because I hadn't yet found a house to live in 
Um, he was going to be 10 pounds and I was going to birth him in a pool with no gas and air. You just go, no, not going to happen, is it? Because you've already sowed that seed of no ma- massive baby, what, no drugs. You, you know, yeah. if you say to somebody and fill them with that fear and dread before it's even happened, like you say, you just completely quash their ability and capability and limits. Um, yeah. And I just think I have that now knowing it's like, yes, I did that. But I did it with with the unknown because I trusted in this body that yeah. I've hard to learn about and remember the power that was contained within and remembered that you know it is a natural process that happens and I that's what I really want to remind women and of course pathways change and everybody's birth is going to be different but Mm. we have to know the capabilities of it yeah absolutely yeah it's even to like birthing this book Mm. yes you know you want to take control and you want to do it a certain way, but then, you know, stuff happens and yeah. you have to surrender. And it's the same yeah. with actual physical birth, isn't it? It's like yeah. we have that surrender piece is something we're all really rubbish at. Mm. Yeah. And is that what the, the biggest um, piece for me that, I, that I've i always taken from my birth and the preparation for my births, because I had a doula, um for both of them and I did for my first I did some hypnobirthing um with my doula and the biggest piece that I will always it's just like absolutely lasered into my mind is the bit about transition which I'd never (laughs) heard of nobody had ever told me about that and intellectually when I heard about it I was like okay but then physically and emotionally, when it happened, I was like, oh, this is transition. This is the bit where I can't do it anymore. Like, lying in the sand, I can't do this anymore. But then the voice comes back that, oh, I've learned about this. Okay, let's trust that. Let's keep going. But how yeah. many women have never actually been taught that? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's... I think there's a fine line between Amy talking about um, like not knowing and not having all the stories and the whatnot, but also um, having the right information, like the non-judgmental, just information, information, so that you can actually go into a situation informed and therefore empowered. Because in the story I was talking about in my chapter, what happened completely took me by surprise and I wasn't expecting to go there at that time so I was completely on the back foot whereas normally I know that that conversation is going to come up so I'm like I'm armored and ready to have the conversation but it because I wasn't in the right context and I didn't have the information of where that was going to go I then fell into this kind of weird maidenly I don't know what I'm talking about just a little girl place but I do I know all of those things I I normally have the strength and the courage and the whatever to to go there so it's there's a, a fine line between what information you allow it I guess it's the consciously curating your information again like what are you going to allow in to help you be empowered and what what can you recognize is like actually Absolutely. that's just not helpful and it's like it is about finding your voice though as well like mm, so, yeah. I don't know about anyone else but you know a lot of women 
really closed throat chakra, really not used to making noise. And I just mean like any noise, you know. So, you know, when I do my, you know, my birth preparation, you know, we, you know, we make the noise gah. So you release the jaw, you feel the resonance in your body, you know. But the jaws, the jaws also connected to yes, the cervix. Yes, it's you jaw, and your actually your larynx is exactly the same as your yoni, yeah. really. And again, so, so how many how many women actually know that that if you relax and open your mouth, then you're also relaxing and opening the bit where the baby comes out. How well, let's hope. Let's that? hope. There's lots of people listening now that will. I'd love to know if anyone if anyone wants to comment, please reach out because we'd love to know because. <laughs> yeah. You, you, be- know <laughs> you become a channel though and that's the other thing you know I really describe it if it if it does happen naturally and undisturbed you know there is chance to really meet yourself because mm. you become an open vessel and you've you know if you imagine it like the soul of your baby transcends through every chakra and then is born earth side you know you have to then surrender to it you know we yeah. talked about that at the beginning but you know surrendering there's a point like you say Zoe at transition that is the bit to hand yourself over to mother earth and just be like i'm just this it's just a yeah. body it's just and a body you can't control it like there's literally yeah. and and actually it's interesting as well because it, it's at the transition point that you can't you can no longer be given like medical intervention that's right isn't it it's like yeah it's, it's yeah. the injection point so you're i mean the baby's yeah. the body is is doing it yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you get in your brain, which is very easy because if you've got bright lights and people talking, mm. you're engaging, you know, you're engaging your cortex rather than your primal kind of base yeah. kind of reaction, then it's very easy to get in your brain and go, oh, yeah, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the environment. What you said as well, Zoe, when you said you get to that part and you literally just go, I can't do this. I can't do this. The thing is, you haven't got a choice. <laughs> exactly. You, yeah. you are yeah. doing it. And it's, I think it's really helpful for us to remember in other situations where you're thinking, I can't do this, I can't do this. Yes. And just to change the tone completely, but actually grief, there's a moment in grief. So I lost my mum in October. There's a moment in grief where it's like, I I can't do this. I just can't do this. Um, My husband said to me, well, you have to, you haven't, you haven't got a choice. We can't unmake this. You have to go through this. And it's that kind of just remembering again that primal kind of oof of okay, I have got I have got that strength and I am gonna, even if it's really uncomfortable and painful, I'm just getting I'm getting through it, whatever it looks like. It's, it's a similar sort of it's the allowing of the unfurling. I always see it like a yeah. fern, you know, like that kind of mm-hmm. that's what's happening to the body, and the same with grief and the same mm. with and love in a way, you know, it's the same yeah. connection. It's it it takes time to, you know, the the rose, you know, so inspired by your painting this morning, but it is, it's like, you know, we don't know when the bud's coming, we don't actually know when the baby's born, we don't know when the grief's gonna hit us. And yeah. then it just you have to experience it all. You can't just take the bits yeah. of actually a lot with of it. Your body. Experience it all thing. with your body, not just yeah. sort of rationalize it in your head. Yeah. yeah, yeah totally. It's in body. It's it's a, yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I just keep hearing we're going on a bear hunt, you've got to go through it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. like you you know, we teach that we read that book to children and it's like, yeah, you have to go. Yeah whatever yeah. it is that's in your path to get to yeah side. and and it's okay we in my family we say you you don't give up but it's okay to take a break so you kind mm. of it, it's even if you just have a pause and come back to it later or you know address it later or 
you've given yourself that time it isn't you know I'm not doing this I can't do this anymore it's just I can't do at the moment I'm going to have a little moment to rest yeah. and come back yeah I do quite like um what Ruby Wax I heard Ruby Wax talk about um her depression once and she and just thinking about you can't go you can't go under it etc cetera, etc cetera. she talks about actually when she sees a really big dark cloud coming now um she actually knows because she has the tools that she practices out of that moment to just duck slightly so that the cloud sort of just goes over her head she now no longer has to stick her head in it and go right and here I am for the long haul she just knows how to slightly duck underneath it so I I I do quite like that analogy as well of having Mm. the tools to to not get lost in in the darkness of it Mm. and allow it to move through or past that's so true I think as well I mean like I've I used to be a really bad wallower, like, Mm. yeah, a bad time and, you know, proper Kevin round the bar, your bedroom, everything's terrible and poor me and it would be really Mm. like, when I first went into my spiritual awakening, this was, it's like, I've got to feel it all, but actually have a cry, journal it, move on. Mm. (laughs) For me, it's, I mean, I know sometimes as a real, uh, you know, as a mum of kids, um, who are still quite demanding finding that space to process stuff yeah you have to kind of timetable it a little bit or you just all in bath Sarah all the way oh yeah in the bathroom or in the in the car on yeah. the way yeah I was gonna say yeah Sarah and I um both seem to do it in the car on the way to school when there's yeah. nobody else in the car and you're just like crying and like talking to yourself yeah. <laughs> looking like a crazy yeah. Yeah, you know, I was thinking this earlier, actually. It's Amy, you know, when you said when you get women in circle and it's lovely because they've never had a chance to just sit and listen normally. Do you find, I find that whenever I ask women to just sit and be, they just cry instantly because they don't allow themselves to actually just do that. And there's a little sort of unconscious part of us that says, keep going, keep going, keep going. Because if you stop, there's going to be feelings and those are inconvenient because I've got stuff to do so I'll just keep going so the minute you actually invite them to stop they're like "Mm, okay here's all these emotions but then they don't know what to do with them because they've not been allowing themselves to have them before that yeah absolutely I had a friend who cried every time she went to yoga because it was the only time she just gave her body the space and so she just lay on the mat and cried literally every time I tell the women, the yoga for me, it moves so much in other women. Mm. I mean, if you practice regularly, you're quite used to that shift because you're always constantly moving. But if there are blockages, you know, when I first started, I would be just lying in Shavasana with like tears, you know, kind of hot tears down this side, you know, making pulls on your mat because you just, you're just not used to it. And it yeah. is being regurgitated within um, but it's so healing. Oh, the crying mm. is so healing. Mm. But Sarah, you were just saying about not being able to timetable it in. I was just saying like full moon. I, you know, I regularly, that's what my ritual now is just a full moon bar. So I know that every full moon, my husband knows that's where I'm at. You know, he doesn't have to worry to disturb me. And I really make a thing of it and have my journal by the side and, you know, whatever music's on. But it's, I just, yeah, it, you need to, we need to have that time to process to be yeah, able to do what we do maybe better. Yeah. And this is a lovely, lovely little thing about ceremony as well. So as well as mm-hmm. kind of honouring our, you know, our, our basic, our very, very basic cycles or, and rhythms and needs related to that, because men are allowed to, they have a 24 hour cycle, they're allowed to honour their needs, but we're not allowed to honour ours. But coming into that about about ceremony and actually like because it's not we have been conditioned as women 
to hate our cycles, to find them inconvenient constantly and to try and go against them at every possible opportunity. So I really believe that actual ceremony is so incredibly healing. And like you say, Amy, it can be as simple as a really beautiful bath. And no, it sounds a little cliched, but actually really surrendering to that. You've got to, got to find your peace where you can. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. I started, um, well, I started, I've done it once. <laughs> so last full moon, I Stop. I made myself, um, myself, my own little self, a cacao ceremony, just for me. And I made myself really sit with it rather than rush it. And it was deeply uncomfortable, actually, mm. because I'm not used to celebrating and being in ceremony just with myself. Yeah. So there's so much I to explore. It. So, just, and just to light a candle, I mean, just to bring yes. the focus, you know, even today, just to light one just before this, just to bring it, just it, it is little things. And people might go, oh, yeah, candles, whatever. But there is so much power held within the elements that we just we just gloss over. And actually, mm. just, to, just to have that as you're drawing in. And I love the cow cow ceremony. I might even have one yeah. tonight. <laughs> yeah. we, were, we were talking yesterday. Um, in a session um about reverence and ritual and and how much magic just those two words and bringing those into your life can just the reverence for the tiniest little details of life because there are so many but when we're like this get to the next thing get to the next thing get to the next thing you just don't notice them but that's what makes life actually life as opposed to that something (laughs) to slog through Oh, God, I could talk to you all about this all day, but I'm really (laughs) sorry. We have to wrap up now. (laughs) Always the way. Um, So I just want to thank the listeners. Um, You've been listening to Mother Speaks on UK Health Radio. You can find out more about these lovely ladies on our website, wakeupmother.com. You can also get a copy of our book. It's available on from all good bookshops at the moment and I just want to thank Amy, Emma and Zoe for joining me today so thank you ladies Um, it's been an absolute honour sharing space with you today thank Thank you thank you okay so we can carry on now (laughs) (laughs) oh I was loving where you were going I really hate the fact that we have to stop (laughs) can we come back for the ceremony chat please so sorry about the can I swear comment because I was about to say the word bullshit and then the words can can I swear came out of my mouth first well yeah this is fine we I mean we might keep you can swear now and I'm sorry I missed the opening but typically he went for a poo (laughs) can you wipe my bum I was like if you just shared that and gone back to the epitome of motherhood. I know, but I didn't, I know, but how, prof- how professional or unprofessional, I don't know, but oh, it's fine. It was just hilarious. I just didn't expect it to come now. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a story on that, actually. I, you talk about the ritual. So I was trying to do a full moon bath. I was like, that's it. I'm done. I'm going to have a full moon bath. Ran my bath, salt, rose petals, lovely music, you name it, all done. Anybody need the bathroom? silence fine get in the bath <laughs> i'm in it for I know where this is going. five minutes later oh. is knocking on the door going mommy mommy i was like i told you you had your chance <laughs> oh but mommy and then she went <laughs> into her bath into her bedroom and 
Sorry, this is podcast chat. <laughs> and basically squeezed a big fat one onto a carpet. Oh <laughs> she was only very little at the time. But I was like, this was me trying to put a boundary in place. Oh, <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh. Like, nope, I see your boundary and I'm <laughs> over I'm it. I'm shit on it. <laughs> oh, God. I love my daughter to pieces, but oh, this yeah. is another thing that she does. She has this thing, you know, let's go left. No, I want to go right. She's the, yeah. that kind of, mm-hmm. she's the disruptor of our family. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I do teach women not to put off their bodily functions because that's what they spent a lifetime doing. So I kind yeah. of applaud her for going with it. Exactly. That's true, actually. She didn't get in trouble. It wasn't like, a, you, I can't believe you did that. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> that you had to deal with that after your wonderful moon bath. <laughs> no, I didn't actually the have the vibe. Okay. <laughs> so that's what I mean. It's like okay, baths are. It was like Hilarious. never have a bath in the day again. <laughs> it's um, the thing is, it's the intensity. Yeah. yeah, and it's I just life, like, isn't it? You know, I think it. I think it's a really important point to kind of touch on. You know, because it it can. I think people can tune out a bit sometimes, can't they? When when they're told, oh, you know, make time for yourself, you know, mm-hmm. bring yourself a bath, do, you know, make ceremony, ritual, whatever it is. And they can t- kind of tune out a bit because it's like, oh, I've got real life going on here. Come on. Yeah. So, yeah. How can we make it more real for people? Like, well, I, I talk about that quite a lot because a lot of the self care chat is actually just gaslighting because it's. Yeah. We're basically saying we've had thousands of years of oppression, suppression, and all the pressions. And oh, just stand on yourself a nice bath, love. <laughs> no, now I'm pissed off in the bath. That does not solve the thing. But and like an intentional bath for the right reasons, like we've been talking about, is completely different. But it's like some, for somebody, self care might be just checking in with their finances and making you know, like, yeah, it's it's, it's it's the fact that it gets prescribed. Yeah, exactly. And knowing what you what you need, like we said, you know, it's yeah. what yeah. what makes your heart sing? Someone could just be putting on some loud music and dancing in the kitchen. For me, it's someone, someone making go... me a hot cup of tea. Sometimes mm. it's nice to actually just have someone yeah. else make dinner yeah. or make me a yeah. cup of tea. It's, yeah, it's even you know, as a mum, because you're the one that's caring all the time. Like when my daughter, yeah. you know, go and make themselves a snack, it's like, what just happened? <laughs> Oh, and it's like please keep doing that. Yeah, I know. So my kids actually make themselves dinner as well quite a lot. Like most most of the time, they'll make themselves dinner, and I don't know how I don't know how parents who don't have kids that do that manage because honestly, I haven't got it in me. Like some days I will, but I generally don't have it in me to be making like all the meals. You know, it's just like. How do yeah. you do that? You just find your rhythm, though. I think as well. You find you your get rhythm. McDonald's yeah. on delivery. No, <laughs> what works for you, I guess. I think there's this. For me, I found I find it really hard. So this is, I mean, conditioning, control, freakness, whatever you want to call it. There's an element of me that still wants to look after the children. So therefore, I'll still get them their cereal. I'll still help them with their school bags. I'll still help them mm. do all these things knowing full well they could probably do it all themselves and sometimes it's quicker for me to do it so we can get oh, out yeah. of school but then equally I know that I'm not helping them by doing that so mm. I'm constantly caught in this tussle <clears throat> like 
I know you can do it, but come on. <laughs> yeah. My inner mantra is building resilience, building resilience. Because every time I go like, no, just step back, building resilience. And it's, it's resilience for me, probably. That's, the back that's really, as they grow, yeah. now mine are, you know, they are self-sufficient now. They don't need, you know, we're not wiping bums and we're not doing, you know, they can run a bath. It's all the things. Like they're at dream that point time, dream time. <laughs> yeah, well, now they're at this point where it's like, okay, this probably still want hugs and cuddles with mum, but equally they can do all of those things themselves. And it's like that for me, I'm, I'm definitely in a space where I'm needing to like sit on my hands, step back, mm. let them do because otherwise we're in danger of that. You know, I don't know how to boil a kettle because my mum didn't let me until I was 15. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, do you know what? I'm reading a book called The School for Good Mothers, I think it's called. Oh, have right. you heard of it? No, I think I'm going to have to have a read. <laughs> it's, um, it's, uh, it's supposedly fiction. Um, it's kind of like a Handmaid's Tale style thing. So um, basically they take women who are deemed not to be mothering good enough well it properly and they send them off to this um school for good mothers for a year away from their kids and if they fail they all parental rights are terminated oh but it, it's so um it's 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 really weird it, reading it because it's so extreme and yet also just like yeah well they, that's just what they do now happens um so they've been given these sort of I don't want to ruin it for anyone who's going to read it. But anyway, I will. Um, they've been given these kind of life-size sort of dolls that they have to mother. And the dolls track everything, like their heartbeats to see how stressed they get, their eye movements, the tone, the tonality of their voice to see if they're in. So it's, 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 it's totally performative and complete nonsense. And you just think, but yeah, but like in our actual world, what does being a good mother mean yeah and look like and how is that being like decided the only thing that's annoying about it is the thing that the woman who's the main character does is I'm a, I'm, I'm a bit like well yeah that was really like why would you do that <laughs> it's not she hasn't just done like a normal thing um but yeah it's 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 really uncomfortable read I don't know why I started talking about that but it felt relevant at the time and oh, just I think that sounds interesting um, you could also talk about books as well because would it be cool to at some point maybe recommend a book for a mother to read because I'm reading this amazing one called She of the Sea I don't know if anyone's read it by Lucy mm. Pierce oh Lucy Pierce yeah oh yeah 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 her say, stuff's amazing the most beautiful book as long as braiding sweetgrass um by Robin um walker whatever kimura um oh it's just beautiful just different collections of stories about women's relationship with the sea and i don't know oh, wow. just, for me it just resonates a lot with this mother energy and i was just like you know yeah i love it it's, I'm, I'm reading uh good inside by dr becky oh. which is really how it just like literally the first three pages i was like oh okay <laughs> well, children's psychologist. sorry you the children's psychologist yeah yeah, but it's also yeah. about reparenting yourself. Mm. The whole thing is about both bottom line. Everyone is good inside. And it's like, yeah, yeah. There's always two sides to every story, or two truths are true. You know, I mean, I don't know about you, but with my girls, they argue whether the sky is blue, and you know, they'll just stand there arguing over the same thing, and you're like, but yeah. you're both right. So, no, you know, you don't have to be wrong to be mm, right yeah. it's kind of you're both right and I think that's another thing that 
I'm seeing a shift in as well is that we're we're all going to have different perspectives on what it is to be a mother it doesn't necessarily mean mine is mine is wrong and yours is right or vice versa yeah, I think that that's the other thing that's really cool to yeah that we picked up on as a as a collective I think when we sat in circle is that there's so many we can learn so many new little things. I was going to say, in, this, in the motherhood retreats I do, I kind of make that point of it's okay to watch another mother do something differently to you and think you might be able to do it better. But, you know, it's, it's okay to learn from another mum that you're witnessing. And and it's not a competition. It's just you're yeah. trying something differently to see if it works best for you. And I, I think that's really powerful as a message. I think that competition you know Emma I'm sure you do a lot you know competing against other women trying to be better trying to kind of you know a bit like the witches you know tell on them but so I save myself yeah. thing and I I definitely see that a lot with certainly new mums too because there's oh, so God, yeah. and self-doubt yeah. and not sure who to listen to because there's just so much noise that you can't possibly hear what you truly believe what you truly want to explore that actually it's okay to look at another mom and be like oh I'd really like to know how you're doing this or you know rather than I'm doing this what are you doing well it works for me and then you don't move on actually let's share ideas or you know just to witness the mom feeding I had one lady it was so beautiful she just had her maybe four week old the last retreat baby on her front um feeding through the sling and another mum who was sort of up and down with her little baby, kind of, I think about like six months, you know, putting him down, crying, just a completely different energy level. And I saw her at one point mm. watching this other mum with this baby attached while she's crafting and doing this vision board. And, you know, it's very easy to go, oh, God, well, look at that perfect mum feeding baby, you know, fast asleep, whatever. But actually it was, yeah, that's her baby number three. This is your first baby, you know, that, and, yeah. and actually working out why it looks different to her, but what you yeah. might want to make it better so I think that's yeah really yeah exactly I, like, there's so much cancellation culture everywhere as well as which makes it really difficult for people now to realize that well if that's different and that's different one of them has to be cancelled mm. right they can't both exist but yeah. they can mm. but we're not we're not in the media we're not seeing that media loves pitting everyone against everyone else all the time doesn't it and it doesn't help at all in terms of like saying well you know and and I've I've fallen into this a lot obviously over the last few years of like well that's wrong you know and just because I feel so strongly about something doesn't mean that somebody else's viewpoint is absolutely you know wrong yeah it's but it's there's no nuance there's no conversation there's no yeah that you know openness about it all I think also it's being open to to having your opinion changed as well it's that yeah we have been taught to be closed we've been this is this is right that is wrong this is this is history do mm-hmm. not challenge it. We've yeah. been taught to never challenge anything. School teaches us that from a very mm-hmm. young age. Yeah. It's like Stop over- asking why. Yeah, we've stopped yeah. asking why. How many times when you were a kid, why? Why? <laughs> so I said so. You get shut down, don't you? Yeah. And, yeah. and I think that's the thing. It's like, I don't want to shut my kids down and I, I want to encourage the questions. It's like, just because someone's telling you that doesn't mean it's fact. Mm. go and explore and find out and you know just because you're reading it on the bbc doesn't necessarily mean it's right they're just i'm having that discussion with a five-year-old about jesus (laughs) 
as mother mother is a yogi very open-minded school drilling the jesus bible stories coming home jesus is the light and i'm like well done you know that there are many other gods i mean in mummy's yoga there's about a hundred you could choose from yeah. it's like yeah. it's trying to keep these gateways open where you've got you know indoctrination literally happening on a day-to-day basis yeah, yeah. yeah. I, i've been having the exact same conversations with terry and he'll come home and tell me all about god created this and god did the other thing and i'm saying well lots of people believe that and some other people believe this and no that doesn't make any sense i'm going with the god one okay yeah. well, i don't know how that makes more sense but that's <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting go, it's fine. emma because because both my kids um they started at their school when it was steiner and steiner's you know kind of rooted in christianity although it's very paganized christianity yeah, it's kind yeah. of weird um so, you know, my daughter would come home and she'd tell me all about Jesus and all the rest of it. And I was like, oh, that's nice. But now I've been, so she's 12. She's just turned 12. And she comes home and they have these, I think it's PSHE or PRE. Is it PRE? Anyway, the one where it's like philosophy and religion and something. PHSRE, probably. <laughs> From my teaching days, it was like, oh, God, too many. Um, yeah, philosophy, religion and ethics, I think it is. And so wow. she she's coming home now and she's saying, oh, I really don't like it when we have to do the religious stuff because that feels really like um, like they're forcing it on us, like they're forcing these views on us. But I really love the philosophy. And she's she's coming home and she's being like covering these amazing like themes. She's 12 and she's yeah, you know talking brilliant. about like things like why were you know what like why is jesus you know always portrayed as white and you know stuff like that but why are there no women around jesus you know and things like that and it's like she's actually starting (laughs) to question the narrative that these different religions and that's her okay dig in (laughs) yeah i love that i love that that's so good. That's good to know that it comes, you know, those questions and their thoughts. They, they, they're building their own minds, aren't they? But I just, yeah, yeah. finding yeah. Sarah saying that, I was like, yes, I'm still having these debates about. Yeah, we, my, my we thing is school is a game. Mm-hmm. You have to play the game to carry yeah. on playing mm-hmm. the game of, you know, it's almost like yes. just see it as a oh. game. You've got to inc- we've got to in- I well this is me speaking but we have to encourage the children that it's not the whole of life and I think they get yeah, exactly. older exactly. that it becomes such a yeah. fictional point because obviously their social element is is integrated so um and my husband's a teacher as well poor poor boys of mine but um I think we've sort of said you know we're just going to have to just take them and and like throw them into an adventure or something different completely out of what they're used to on a day-to-day basis to remind them that it isn't you know yeah. the whole thing yeah Everything. Yeah, we spend a lot of time unteaching on everything he's learned at school. Yeah, it's like, that's nice. Anyway, here's real life. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> what are you doing? But I think it's interesting just to have the two perspectives, you know, because my husband's very yeah. fixed in masculine, and you know, and that's great because he get they get that perspective but they also get me who's a bit all over the shop and lofty and stuff and I think that you know they've got a constant modeling it's like okay so which which would I prefer and yeah. I think it's good yeah. they don't always you know they make different choices based on what feels right to yeah them. 
And it's, yeah, it's the same here. So obviously I'm, I'm self-employed, arty all over the place. Um, my husband does shift work in town, you know, like six days a week. Um, one of my children is home educated and the other one goes to school. So it's like oh. a, few, a bit of everything. That's amazing. Yeah. Terry started asking me why I don't homeschool him. And I'm like, can't really answer that question because I always thought I would. And then you turned out like you and I realized yeah. I would actually self-combust. And so that's why. But I can't tell you that. Well, you, so... can do, you can say you do homeschool him in different ways. We all yeah, homeschoolers, exactly. right? Yeah. So I, 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 I said to him, but if I homeschooled you, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't get to see all your friends. You know, mummy, if you'd homeschooled me, I would never even met my friends. So that's not <laughs> even a thing. So I was like, too clever. He's too clever. <laughs> Um, but I have asked him in the past, I was like, would you like to go to a different school, as in part-time Montessori one, um, or would you like to, and he says no, but he has started asking more and more why I why I never homeschooled him in the first place, which is really annoying, because that's like my thing, it's like, I can't believe I'm putting him into the matrix that I then try to help everyone else escape from. <laughs> what am I even doing? But every child, needs every child is different, and you know, yeah. my daughter, she's chosen to stay at school even though she knows there's so much about it, it that is really bad for her. That's good, because mm. she's yeah. out of an awareness. Yes. Yeah, but it's also crushing as a parent, because I just, like, every single day, I just want to take her out of that horrible environment, and it really is yeah. a horrible environment right now um, on so many different levels. And, yeah, the awareness is great, but she's also she's also in it you know and then mm. she comes home tired and stressed and she's got hours of homework and it's like at what point do I kind of have to say look as a parent I can't watch this anymore or mm. do I just have to mm. let her make her own decisions you know it's so hard it is it is it is that is that at what point that now is now oh no he seems to have got over it now now like you never yeah I don't think you ever know whereas, I think, I think you'll boy, know when you know yeah whereas my boy he 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 came to his own decision you know it, it took a little while but then he was like no I don't want to go in anymore it's it's mm. you know so that was kind yeah. of easy and then obviously we're juggling everything so yeah. <laughs> my youngest is kind like, of easy my youngest is school's prison I hate school and it's like okay but when she's there she has a brilliant time and she's doing yeah. well and you know I speak to the you know I've got seeing the Elsa and things like that and they're like she's fine at school she just doesn't it's the idea of physically walking through the building resilience yeah. building resilience <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes it's so hard to do things we don't want to do Building resilience, Sarah. Just have it on a ticker tape. Building, I'm building resilience. Building resilience. I spoke to to the Elsa, and I said, "Look, should I be doing? Should I be worrying about this?" She was like, "No, she's totally playing you." (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes you've got to just. We're doing it because it's the best for you. Sometimes. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And I think it's all right to it's all right to just admit that and just go. it's, It's yeah. And it's also all right to change our minds if time comes. Like, this is the other thing as women with, you know, if you make a decision, you've got to stick by the consequences. You've got to make sure you're standing on your own two feet. And actually it's like, well, yeah, but I might change my mind. I might, I might, something might come up and make me think differently. And then I want to, I think that fear of not, of the first step of change, you know, you were saying about the courage element. I think you, 
that's also okay to make a decision and go, oh, oh no, maybe I'll change my mind and go. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. And children need to learn that that actually is okay. Yeah. Some things are not, but actually some things later on in life, like, you know, choosing a university degree that isn't right, or, you know, going on a holiday that, you know, perhaps you shouldn't have gone on or whatever it might be. Yeah. I think it's yeah. Okay to go, no that was the world it's not the end of the world if I have to change and go a different direction I I mean like we sat we're we're like beating up schools and stuff but the experience that so like where I've had a really good experience with my girls I mean Lucy really um, struggled going into her junior school but I kicked up a stink and basically got you know she's seeing Elsa they're putting measures in place so she has chill time away for because she's a sensitive kid So they're genuine, you know, there are teachers and schools who want to listen if you are yeah. have the conversation. Yeah. I, I think, think that's, that's the frustrating good. thing, that it's not, that that's not the norm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the, the norm is, file them through the system, just do and it. So and then you get some nice schools and some really good, nice teachers who will do that. Um, <clears> but others I'm who won't. and even the ones like me who care about the children actually want to be teachers I always think it's still so hard when you've got 30 30 Mm. little beings who are all some don't have loving homes and some don't have you know people to brush their hair and I you know it's such a juggle in real you know in the reality and you you find a teacher that loves your children as much as you do really I think Exactly. Make happen. We can't. I know. I know. Well, there was a point where I was a teacher and I was like, right, I'm going to be one of those teachers that goes around all the other schools and sorts them all out. And then I was like, oh, God, I'm exhausted. I'm just going to go be in there. <laughs> I'm never going back into a classroom unless I'm teaching yoga again. I, you know, it's so, it's such a hard gig. Someone said to me yesterday, because I was um, the teacher, Terry's teacher is quite young. And the guy next to me in the school queue was like, oh, it's good that she's like young and full of energy. And I was like, you're making assumptions because she looks young, but I don't know how you know she's full of energy. And I said, I was a teacher. I wasn't young. I did have energy until I got there. I said, oh, what's your do's and don'ts for teaching then? So I was like, don't get into teaching. Do get out of teaching as soon as you can. <laughs> like, no. Oh, I guess it's not like, the kids, is it? Lovely, it's probably but... the structure that you're having it's to work just, within, isn't it? It's everything system is it's like you know it is like the nhs in the sense that it's you know you're providing a service on behalf of the government but 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 i don't know if, if emma if you're like me you know you actually love children you actually do want them to do well and succeed yes you, but this my, is so interesting the, but because the, it, go on no i just i just it's bringing us right back to that mother energy and how it is not mm. honored in our society whatever mm. role it is teacher Error. you know actual physical mother um yeah like nhs worker like all of these roles we, we just do not this so undervalued oh hang on yeah. we were all stood outside our houses clapping for a bit i'm just i'm, I'm just tongue in cheek that there government yeah exactly. but the um, i was just gonna go on sorry there's like a delay isn't there i'm sorry i feel like i'm jumping in our school teachers are going on strike on Wednesday. I don't know if that's national or not. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is, yeah. but we're not allowed to know which of our teachers are, apparently. Speaking about the mother not being honoured, the thing that I found find the most ridiculous is that like, I wanted to, when Terry was in reception, I kept him at home on Fridays. 
Mm. Um, because it just felt like the whole school week, full days, was just too much for him. And call me weird, I wanted more time with my son. Like I know, yeah. crazy. And so as he went into year one, I was like, right, I'm doing the same thing. I'm going to apply to Fletcher School. Snow skin off their nose. I'm a teacher. I know what I'm doing. The stuff that I do at home is way better than what they do at school anyway. Um, So that's fine. So I did this whole great long proposal about all the reasons why and all the things. And they said no. The old head said yes. Then they got a new young male head who said no. And um, he said stupid things like, oh, well, if it was at school, Terry was struggling, I'd say yes. But because it's at home, I was like, well, 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 go back. I thought you were interested in the whole child. Like, he struggles at home because of the fuckery at school. Like, not yeah. because we're in that. Like, mm-hmm. ah, what if you do it? Everyone will want to do it. Oh, my and God. That, no, they won't, because most people no. can't wait to get with their kids. And so why is that a bad thing? Why am I the neurotic weirdo? Because I want more time with my son. I don't understand this. It's ridiculous. So I'm not allowed to have a day with my son. I'm only allowed him at the weekends. Right, okay. So he can sit and watch a video in golden time on the on the hall floor. Like, how is that helpful? Yeah. But it, yeah. It, I think there should be a whole... I'm very happy to come back and talk about the valuation of mothers because I really... That's why I've changed. I'm not a stay-at-home mom. I'm a keeper of the heart. It needs to be seen as something bigger than what it is. And, you know... Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. I'm conscious we probably need to stop, don't we? Yes, we do. cool. But come back, let me come back. <laughs> yeah. I love these chats with all you all. It's amazing. <laughs> Well, thank you again for joining us today. I've got to do, um, send you a li- couple of forms to just signature and stuff, but I'll do that in a bit. But um, thank you again. It's thank been- you. I love chatting. Thank you so much, ladies. Clears so much, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> or get the way, just the conversation just goes like woo all over all the things. <laughs> oh, love it. Amazing. Love it. Oh, right. right, well, send you ready all for love. choir. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Lovely. Have a nice weekend. You too. Venus, blessings. Bye. Bye.